Hello, this is Marcelo Pico, Editor-in-Chief of Talk Film Society and a host of Marking the Marks. Uh, Yeah, if you are listening to this on the main feed over at Talk Film Society, yes, it's that wrestling show you forgot about. (laughs) Um, But if you're listening to this over on the Have a Nice and Pod Clips feed, that used to be the Marking the Marks feed, then hey, hello. Uh, We're back, kind of. Yes, uh, this is two hours worth, uh, and more, about two hours and ten minutes, I think, uh, worth of uh, wrestling talk uh, back on the film podcast feed. (laughs) Um, Let me explain what this is. This is open up a can of podcast. Uh, I mean, you'll hear my co-host Marcus Irving uh, for Marking the Marks. Uh, You'll hear he and I explain what this is, uh, but I need to give you a a pre-explainer for what this is. Because, uh, yes, the year is 2022 right now. It's April 1st. Uh, This is not a joke. Uh, I'm releasing this because, uh, hey, why not? It's been two years (laughs) um, since this was made available on our Patreon. And I figured it'd be a a good uh, good time to release it now because we're on the eve of uh, WrestleMania 38. And Stone Cold Steve Austin is uh, headlining, uh, is the main event on the first night of WrestleMania uh, this year. Uh, which is happening tomorrow, uh, April 2nd. Uh, I just read that it's not really a match. I wish Marcus was here to explain it to me. But uh, I just did some cursory uh, reading up before jumping on the mic. But yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin, after over a decade of not, maybe close to two two decades of not being uh, in a match, is still technically not in a match. He's just going to show up uh, at Kevin Owens' uh, talk show, uh, which is headlining the first night of WrestleMania. Um, but yeah. Hey, but if you're already bored by me explaining what's happening with Stunko Steve Austin and WrestleMania, then you might want to check out for the next two hours because this is, uh, was uh, Marcus and I's, more mine. I mean, I kind of forced Marcus into this, uh, but it's our uh, failed attempt at doing a Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, limited series. Uh, I say it's failed now because uh, our attempt... Uh, we started it, uh, this was shocking, we started it uh, like a few weeks before uh, the pandemic lockdown happened in March of 2020. Uh, I think uh, I, I date the first episode, you'll hear here, um, by saying we recorded it on February 23rd, 2022, and then we put these episodes out on our Patreon. By the way, these are two episodes. This is why it's so long. This is the first two episodes, the first and final two episodes of the series. Uh, we we put the we put these out March twentieth, twenty twenty two, and yeah, it's failed. We're doing a limited series on Stucco Steve Austin, and I get, I'm gonna blame the pandemic. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna blame. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm half joking, uh, but in reality, we, or at least I uh, didn't feel like continuing because wrestling at that point, uh, by the time we released the first two episodes, I mean, it was all up in the air, um, the way the WWE was handling the pandemic, uh, our overall feeling about just doing anything really because of the pandemic, um, 
a lot of a lot of factors, and and now we can't finish it. I, I I did a quick search of my Google Docs and found that I I had written because you listen to the first episode, which is an intro episode, and then after that, uh, episode two is goes really into the events um, uh, in this timeline of the Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon storyline uh, that the WWE had in the late 90s through early 2000s. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I really did the research on these episodes that you'll hear, but then we never recorded the next episode after that, and I have the show notes <laughs> and the audio clips that I forgot I had gotten ready for the next episode, which we never recorded, and we won't record, uh, because I think at this point, our general feeling about wrestling, if you listen to the last episode of Marking the Marks, which is still on this feed, if you're listening to it on the Have a Nice Apocalypse feed, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll hear us, I mean, yeah, we go into why we're not doing the wrestling show anymore, uh, or on a monthly basis, or whatever, and... I kind of feel the same way about continuing on this Stone Cold series because, yeah, getting into wrestling nowadays, not so much fun um, as it was back then, I guess. And also and also the fact that when we recorded this, like all of the WWE slash WWF backlog was readily available on an app that is no longer available. The WWE app is gone. And now, I, I mean, what am I going to do? Look through Peacock and find all these clips? Uh, no, that that no, no, thank you. So yeah, for for many reasons, and I'm sure. And hey, I said earlier, I forced Marcus into this. <laughs> I I joke about it in the first episode uh, that you'll hear. Uh, we were going to record something else, and I was like, okay, I have this idea. I have it all written out. Let's just go for it. And he really, I just ambushed him to do a series. Um, I mean, I, I could speak for him. I don't want to force him to continue on with this. <laughs> um, and, and we've got our own shows now. We have Have a, have a Nice Apocalypse, which we're still working on, and the TFS Commentary Series, which is fun. Um, so it's okay to put open up a can of podcast in the past. Uh, it's, it's a failed show, uh, and you'll hear the first two episodes here in one episode right now. Uh, I think that's enough precursor. Um, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash talkfromsociety. Uh, I'm going to try to put more bonuses up on there. Uh, there'll be more episodes of the TFS commentaries. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I think that's it. Um, so so please enjoy. Again, these are two episodes cut together, made into one episode. I mean, lazily cut together. It's just the episode ends, first one ends, and then the second one starts right away. So it wasn't that hard. Uh, I just did it for for post's sake, just like one post versus two posts. Um, so listen to the first and final two episodes of Open Up a Can of Podcasts, a Talk Film Society Marking the Marks limited series uh, on the Vince McMahon versus Stone Cold Steve Austin storyline. Hello, I'm Marcelo Pico, and here with me is Marcus Irving. <laughs> Hello, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna cut that pause. I'm just gonna extend it. I was waiting for you to say my name. I thought I thought you were gonna say my name and introduce me. Uh, we 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 didn't talk about how to do the intro before we recorded, so I just do that in hoping you you come in and say your name. 
Uh, I, I got there. I don't think we've ever done that before. Um, hi, uh, how you doing, Marcus? I'm good. I'm good, Marcelo. Yeah. So we're in brave new territory um, here with this new series that's uh, yet another Patreon-exclusive series. Uh, by this point, folks, Marking the Marks is no longer a Patreon-exclusive. All the episodes are now on the free feed, and you can listen to the new episodes monthly, or whenever we decide to do it, on the free feed on Talk From Society. So that's who we are. We're the hosts of Marking the Marks. Uh, I'm Marcelo Pico. You're Marcus Irving. I'm Marcus Irving. Yeah, there you go. You jumped in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our wrestling backgrounds, because this is a wrestling podcast, in case you didn't know. Uh, Marcus... Uh, what's with you in wrestling? Okay, so yeah, I'm a fairly, fairly recent fan. I've been listening since this, or I've been watching everything WWE. You've been listening to it too. I've been, I, I do occasionally listen to it when I'm just on my phone. I don't want to watch it because it gets boring. Uh, but I've been uh, watching pretty loyally for a little over two years now. And yeah, I'm, I, I love it, but I'm very much uh, of the new school of wrestling. I don't really know much about older stuff but i do keep up with uh what what goes on today yeah and that's where i come in Mm -hmm. um yes uh the the premise behind marking the marks our show that we also do is um i initially jumped in at the royal rumble in 1999 no sorry 2019 goddamn what year is it (laughs) yeah folks I've been watching a lot of wrestling. I'll, I'll get into what wrestling I've been watching recently, but there's a reason why I'm confusing my years. So in 2019, a year ago, uh, I I thought of... I, I can't remember who thought of it, Marcus, whether it was you or me. I'm like, I want Marcus on my show to talk about wrestling. We ended up watching the Royal Rumble that year of you know 2019, and then we started Marking the Marks, where I watch along with you, you know, the WWE pay-per-view uh, each month, and we talk about it. We do an episode on it. And then we extended it out. We talked about AEW. We talked about NXT. Um, so, yeah, so me as a as a newbie to new wrestling, you know, that was the gimmick. But I used to watch wrestling back in the day. I was I was totally into the, the WWF, as they called it back then. Um I used to watch it back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then I took a huge break until 2019. So yeah, so that's the premise. That's who we are. Which brings us to this show. Okay. Now, <laughs> we're recording on a Sunday. Uh, what day is it? February 23rd. Uh, Marcus has no idea what's going on. Right, Marcus? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. This was sprung on me as soon as we uh, booted up Skype. Yeah, because uh, we, were, what we're, doing. we were originally going to record an episode for Marking the Marks, but we looked at the schedule and we went, oh, we don't need to this month. Uh, we'll, we'll save that episode for next month. Um, and I decided, let's just jump into this new series that I've been brainstorming for the last few weeks. Okay? It's a series I want to do... It's like a it's a limited series because there's a beginning, middle, and end. What I want to do in this series, Marcus, is go through the timeline, the storyline of the feud in the WWE between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mister McMahon. 
Hell yeah. Ooh. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. So this is a legendary um, battle between these two uh, that went on for a few years uh, during the height of the WWE's popularity in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, and then leading into the 2000s. Um, and yeah, I was right there, right? I was watching it as it happened. I remember a lot of this as it was happening. I was ecstatic, you know, because I, back then, Stunko Steve Austin was the reason I was watching wrestling. And I, I think I told some of this on the Marking the Marks episodes. But uh, what I used to do, I was such a, a big fan of wrestling, I used to rent the VHS tapes. Now, I know some people listening to that sentence may have no idea what I just said. But yes, they used to sell... Well, they used to have, uh, the WWE used to have their pay-per-views on VHS tapes where you could rent them from, from local video stores. So I rented copies of the pay-per-views and I even bought a copy of this retrospective of this, you know, kind of documentary chronicling the feud between Austin and McMahon. I was just obsessed with the storyline and wrestling back then, you know. I rent the VHS tapes, I copy them illegally on my blank VHS tapes and watch them over and over. Yeah. Um, and if this is a sting operation, FBI, <laughs> you got me. I used to do that back then. Um, but yeah. And and then now, cut to now, cut to present day. I have the WWE Network, obviously, for this show, for Marking the Marks. Well, for, Mar- for Marking the Marks, and then it'll help with this show, too. Because... The great thing about the WWE Network is they have their, I think their entire back catalog, pretty much every old Raw, every pay-per-view, it's on the WWE Network. So in the last, like, yes, two weeks, I've thought more about this series because I first brought it up to you, I think, last year, right? In, like, December, maybe. I'm like, yeah, let's do, like, a Austin vs. McMahon miniseries. Yeah. Now we're going to toss it to you, Marcus. Okay. I've seen so much of this. There's li- there's very little of it that I don't know of. I don't know about. I've seen maybe every single big event in this storyline. Um, I want to ask you because yeah, just tell me straight out how much of this storyline of Austin versus McMahon do you know? Okay, that's a good question. I really, I, I think I know some of the broad ideas of it. It's, it's that. Uh, you know, McMahon is the corporation, and uh, Stone Cold's like the everyman who's taking it down. Like, I, I know that basic idea. I know <clears throat> that I've seen every Royal Rumble, so I've seen how it played out through some of those Royal Rumbles where uh, McMahon screwed Stone Cold out of winning, or vice versa. Uh, I've seen like WWE really likes to show those clips of some of the more famous moments, uh, constantly. So like I have seen little tiny clips of like the beer truck and stuff like that, or the bed pans in the hospital. I've seen little tiny bits of stuff like that, but I don't know how it all ties together or right. when it happened or storyline reasons exactly why it's all happening so yeah like i know bits and pieces but i i I definitely have no idea about the full picture yeah that's interesting to me because i think even people who don't know wrestling are have still like seen those clips 
I think that for you, Marcus, for you in particular, for, for yeah. somebody who watches, you know, all the new wrestling and has seen these clips, it's like, what is like, the, maybe I, I think the answer is like those clips you mentioned. I was going to ask, what's, what are the most iconic moments from that feud, you think? The, the two things I said, like yeah. the, the beer truck, that that is a part of that feud, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Where, where uh, Stone Cold drives out a big truck and sprays <laughs> sprays down the ring with the McMahons in it, yeah. uh, full of beer, and and the hospital thing. That's also a part of that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm so, going to say this, Marcus. Every time Stone <laughs> Cold uh, uh, Steve Austin fights Mr. McMahon, that's part of the feud. <laughs> That, that's why I couldn't. I couldn't remember. I couldn't like maybe maybe Triple H was in there. Oh no no no, no no no! I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. No, but you're, you're you're absolutely right in your memory. Yes, those. I think yeah, those two moments. Yeah, are maybe the yeah the most iconic. And even on even I'm going to say non wrestling fans have been privy to those clips. You know, outside of wrestling, because mm-hmm. I think even that clip of um, uh, Austin hitting Vince McMahon in the head with a bedpan. I think that's a meme. Now, kind of, you know, you see, yeah, certainly. You see that gif floating around, yeah. But yes, um, what I want to do with the series is go from the beginning, and it was hard to find a, a beginning to this, you know. And we'll talk about more. We'll talk more about this in the next episode, obviously, because this is this is the the we're laying the groundwork, we're laying the pipe. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is the intro episode. Um. I'm going to say this. I don't fully have this series all lined up yet, but I have at least the first two episodes kind of outlined. So there's that. So, um, Marcus, you don't even know what I'm going to send you. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no. no idea. So, uh, okay, a glimpse into the future. Okay. Uh, why it's so hard for me to kind of wrap my head around the series is because is because there's just so much goddamn story and so many moments to capture okay and what I want to do is kind of outline this as a basic timeline and the first episode what I want to do is just uh, do like a like a quick um, uh, uh, you know laying laying the groundwork for Stone Cold and Vince McMahon because I'm sure you know this um, Marcus uh, well, you know who Vince McMahon is, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the man who owns the whole WWE. Yeah. I'm aware. Uh, I mean, he, he still plays... I, I don't see him as often as I used to, obviously, because uh, I, I don't think he's a big of a character nowadays, right? How often no. do you see Vince McMahon? I cannot screen? remember the last time. He definitely, like, appeared a few times last year, like, like around, like... Actually, you know what? The last time I probably saw him was when... Uh, SmackDown debuted on Fox. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's busy. He's got to go run the XFL and stuff like that. <laughs> we haven't even talked about that. Let's save that for another episode. The XFL is is going strong. <sighs> yeah. Um, okay. What, what's crazy is is um, like that's I, I Vince McMahon was on every episode of Raw and SmackDown, every pay-per-view. He was an integral part of the storyline of wrestling, of WWE, when I was watching it, you know, back 20 years ago. Uh, but yeah, I get it now. He's what, like, like mid, in his mid-70s or something? He's, yeah. Yeah, he's an old man, too. Um, although Certainly I, looks it. 
Although, like, I saw him get stunned by Stone Coast Steve Austin, like, what, two years ago for that Raw yeah. 200 episode or whatever it was. Um, but anyway, uh, that's who Vince McMahon is, for those who don't know. He's the owner of the WWE. Okay. Um, what, I, what I didn't know, really, was... Well, I kind of knew this, but I just, I, I just keep forgetting that uh, Vince McMahon was also a commentator, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like for the very old pay-per-views, for the very old Raw episodes, like he he was he was a commentator. He was part yeah. he was part of the commentating team. I I, I, I just said I've, I've seen every Royal Rumble. I did not know that at all until I started getting farther back enough into the Royal Rumble where I was like, oh, "What? What's he doing there?" Yeah. So what's interesting is like and th- this is where I kind of want to start in the next episode is um have you seen the uh infamous Montreal screw job? Actually seen it? No, uh, just clips. Whatever you you hear the hearsay stories about it, but no, I've not actually seen the, yeah. the thing itself. Well, uh, uh, we'll 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 watch it for the next episode, just as a groundwork for Vince McMahon, the character, um, right. and him breaking away from being a commentator. Because from what I understand, he was a commentator, and they really they rarely made a comment about him being the owner. It was not. Prefaced. It was not like him announcing, "Hey, I'm the owner of the WWE." Now, here, now, listen to me talk about wrestling for the next two hours. It wasn't until like that point when they're like, "Oh, the lines are blurred," and like, "Yes, Vince McMahon is the owner." And I think about a week later, he stopped doing the commentary <laughs> after mm. the Montreal Screw Job. Huh. Yeah, because right. uh, if you don't know, listeners, the Montreal Screw Job. It's when Bret Hart um, was wrestling as Shawn Michaels for the championship. And um, Bret Hart refused to lose to Shawn Michaels, and Vince McMahon stepped in, uh, crossing the line of story and reality, and yeah, he screwed Bret Hart. So, huge moment uh, in in wrestling. Don't you don't don't you think, Marcus? No, certainly it's like <laughs> the most famous moment in wrestling ever. Yes, like, it probably really is that. Um, yeah. I'll talk more about this in the next episode, but uh, I did see parts of the, uh, again, the WWE Network. I love it. It's a good resource for a lot of this information. They have a lot of documentaries. One of the documentaries they have is a sit-down with um, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Like in 2015, I think they taped it. It's just those two sitting down together, side-by-side, being interviewed by JR, Jim Ross, going through their entire feud from beginning to end and they uh, talking about that um, event the the Survivor Series Montreal Screwjob they really went into it they did not um, hold back what, what was actually going on behind the scenes but anyway interesting so that's Vince McMahon that's his well, I guess origin story <laughs> is from commentator you know to being like a, a integral part to the WWE storyline um, we'll, we'll talk about that more in the next episode. Stoke with Steve Austin. Who's he, <laughs> Marcus? Who's he? Uh, he uh, is uh, a loud uh, beer drinking guy who likes to kick people's uh, asses uh, in the squared circle. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, really? What I want to know from you is how. I don't know because like he he I I I actually don't know when exactly he stopped wrestling. 
Wasn't it like mid two thousands? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, what I know of his run is that it was pretty short. Like he was like the most popular person in wrestling for two, three years, and then uh, yeah, like mounting neck injuries or whatever, and cut it like really short. Yeah. So he's and, yeah. he's the Beatles of wrestling, right? Sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's insane because I actually didn't know. I'll say this: I I didn't watch the entire feud. I think I stopped about a few months before it actually ended between Austin and McMahon. And yeah, uh, uh, Austin just had to just quit because of yeah, like he's like you said, he quit because of his um, continuing uh, failing health in terms of his neck and stuff. Yeah, but we'll talk about that, I guess, at the end of the series. But you... How many matches with Stone Cold have you seen besides those Royal Rumble um, matches? I don't know. I don't think it's that many, actually. Like, I've only seen a few old pay-per-views that you'd probably be in. Yeah. Like, WrestleMania X7. I've seen that. Yeah. So, yeah, not that much. Not that much. So what's interesting is finding um, a, a a start point to uh, Stucko Steve Austin's career, and then next episode, here's what I'm going to force you to watch, Marcus. Uh, for sure, you're going to watch the 1996 King of the Ring, his matches, not the whole thing. That's another thing. One thing I love about the WWE Network is they break down their pay-per-views and their raw episodes into chapters. So it makes this a whole lot easier. Okay. Because I'm not going to make you watch the entire King of the Ring pay-per-view. <laughs> You're just going to jump to the Stone Cold parts. Because um, that's... And I, uh, this, I'm sure... You, this clip, I'm sure you've seen plenty of times, Marcus. The clip where he says, Austin316 says, I just whooped your ass. Sure, yeah. That clip is from King of the Ring 1996 when he wins... Um, uh, the whole thing when he wins when he wins King of the Ring, uh, so th- that is an important moment in his career. Uh, what's crazy is I didn't know that. I kind of knew this. He he was in WCW for a bit. That wasn't working out. They they pretty much fired him. Then he went to EC. Oh, and then he also had problems with his neck back then, or I don't know what. Not neck, maybe his like ankles, knees. knees. Yeah, he's always yeah. he's always had a knee problem. Yeah, he went to ECW for a few months, which is insane. And he just cut promos. I don't think he ever wrestled. He just cut promos for a few weeks, and then finally he came back. He, I mean, he came back to wrestling in the WWE and pretty much slowly built his way up, and then won the Royal Rumble in '97 and the '98. '98 was the pretty much breaking point. Well, not breaking point. It was the point where he broke through and became who he was um, in 1998. But anyway, yeah. So, Marcus, I'm not going to make you watch every single, you know, Stunko Steve Austin match leading up to, you know, 1998. But we'll we'll watch the King of the Ring. We'll watch one or two matches um, uh, where he pretty much builds himself as Stunko Steve Austin. So that's Stunko Steve Austin. Okay. Um, so that's where we are. Marcus? Yes. Uh, let me ask you this. And this is just a compare and contrast. In in modern day wrestling, I actually don't know what my answer would be because I've only been seeing it for about a year uh, now. But for you, what's like a rivalry 
between two wrestlers or maybe two factions, I don't know, that's been like a highlight of watching wrestling for you lately? That's happening currently. Well, currently or maybe since you've been watching wrestling. So Okay. Um, uh, Kenny Omega. At, this isn't WWE. Uh, Kenny Omega. Do so you want me to stick it to WWE? No, I'm joking. Go ahead and go to AEW. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada they've had like an insanely great rivalry Uh, 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 Usos and New Day they've had like 50 matches together and they're always super extremely good I I don't know it's it's, uh, Daniel Bryan and the Fiends run recently I liked that quite a bit I I I can't really point to one except for the Kenny Omega and Okada like that was amazing but in WWE, at least, I really cannot think of one like super incredible rivalry. Yeah, unless it's just not coming to me right now. But yeah, there's definitely nothing on this level. For yeah, for for the Kenny Omega one, like what for you? What makes it like a great rivalry? Um, so they had four matches, I believe. I actually haven't even seen them all, but because since I started watching, they only had two of them. After that. Um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, that promotion over in Japan. Uh, and it was just like, I, I saw them just as I was really getting into wrestling and it, it showed me what wrestling could be. It taught me everything about how, what kind of a story you can tell while you're in the ring and what that even means. And like, they just have had these epic, like 40 minute hour, hour plus matches with they're just incredible like they were just so 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 good and uh yeah it really uh taught me something about like what is possible in this in this uh uh art form i guess yeah uh and really opened my eyes to it and made me like it uh a whole hell of a lot what's fascinating for me is What's what we're going to be watching a lot in this series? What I'm forcing you to watch, Marcus, is a lot of uh, what's the ter- it's promos, right? Where they just talk. Is that is that? What yeah, it is? yeah. I, I've, I was actually going to ask this: Are there are there like iconic matches with him necessarily, See, or is it mostly moments and that's, promos? That's that the thing. Like <sighs> there are matches. Obviously, I think starting off. Um, his Royal Rumble appearances are are really great to watch. Yeah, because um, he in the ring, um, Stokos Steve Austin is a great technical wrestler, um, and he does get like great matches. Okay, the Royal Rumble matches, uh, the WrestleMania match with him and Shawn Michaels, his fight with uh, with uh, the Rock, Stone Cold versus the Rock. All, all I think they did it three times during. Uh, they did three WrestleMania main events. Those two. Um, together, okay. Uh, I think those are all pretty damn good. Now the thing is, Vince McMahon is not a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. As much as he, as much as many steroids as, he, as he's taken, and as bulky <laughs> as he looks, not a wrestler. One fun fact that I'll share again when, when, once we reach that point is, um, oh, another great documentary I want to point out is Monday Night War on the WWE Network. It's like a like. 10 part uh, like 10 hour some odd documentary about the the Monday Night War between WWE and WCW between uh, Nitro and Raw 
and they had some great uh, McMahon Austin stuff. But the one time in eighteen months when the the WWE beat WCW because they were getting trounced by WCW, the one moment they won that Monday night was when Vince McMahon uh, fought Stokely Steve Austin in the ring. Um, it's the first time they fought in a match. So, yes, Vince McMahon has fought in matches, but is, is he any good at being a wrestler? No. <laughs> no. Um, it's going to be a lot. This series comprised a lot of... Um, it's going to be a lot of promos, because it's going to be a lot of shouting at each other. Um, I think the storyline... It's great. It can't. It's. It's. I think it's one of the better stories I've seen overall. Not just wrestling, but like. Oh wow! Like TV movies. There's. It's. It's just great. It's great entertainment to watch. Because I again, I was. I've been watching a lot of this just to get ready for the series and like finding the moments that'll be great to highlight. And it is just. I mean, just this past, just like last two last few days. I've been watching just nothing but like raw, like promos of like Vince McMahon coming out in the in the center of the ring, calling out like the the Undertaker or Kane, <laughs> not just Stone Cold, and just yelling at them. <laughs> and what what's amazing about watching these is like the crowd, they are just totally into it. That I, I okay watching new watching the new wrestling, we've had this discussion before about how. The way you view matches or the way you view like wrestling is, it's it's uh, influenced by how the audience live reacts, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You kind of feel for that. sure. Yeah, but uh, I don't think I've seen a lot of these new uh, wrestling pay per views, these matches. The audience, I don't think I've seen them as excited as I've as I've seen them excited like back like twenty years ago because they were just they were just. And oh, it's insane! It's insane! Hell yeah! Yeah. So it, 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 even like with promos and stuff, even like with Vince McMahon coming out, just on like a regular Monday Night Raw, they're just yelling at the top of their lungs, "You suck!" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just great to watch. Love that. Yeah, you love it. No, but there are matches. There are plenty of matches. I mean, Stone Cold has to face like at one point um, again, like Shawn Michaels, uh, The Rock, The Undertaker, Kane. Uh, dude, love slash mankind slash Cactus Jack. I mean, yeah, he has his opponents, but uh, a lot of it's going to be outside the ring. A lot of um, moments when, um, yes, when Mr. McMahon's car gets uh, filled with cement, or when he gets in a hospital and gets a bedpan slammed over his head. A lot of moments like that. The, the limo blowing up is that a part of that? Yeah, yeah, I think a limo blows up. <laughs> Or when uh, Rikishi uh, gives Vince McMahon the stink face. Is that yes, part of this? That's, yes, I believe that's, uh, that's towards the later half. And also, the I haven't gotten to this point yet in my rewatch. Um, the whole Ministry of Darkness plotline. <laughs> okay. Uh, how much do you know about this? Very little. Because this, from what I remember, this is where it gets dicey. <laughs> okay. Uh, because at this point... Not to, uh, do, do, well, do you know about the twist? Because it's 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 a, it's another meme moment, right? There's a twist with uh, Vince McMahon. <sighs> Have you not seen this clip? Maybe Where he says know. it's me. It was me all this time. No. Okay. No. Let's let's. No, I don't know. Okay. Let's not talk about that yet. Then I hope I didn't spoil it. But 
uh, it gets very weird, and I'm looking forward to rewatching this stuff when it gets into like the early 2000s, and the Undertaker and his dark ministry gets involved, and uh, they kidnap Vince McMahon's daughter Stephanie, and, and have her play a big role in the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> and Stone Cold is involved too. It's weird, man. This, uh, but I still think it's from what I remember, it's weird, but it's good. <laughs> oh yeah. They, yeah, they 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 swing for the fences and they do something weird and insanely creepy. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we have to look forward to in this, where I force Marcus to watch all this old wrestling for as long as the WWE Network is alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you this, Marcus. Yeah. Do you have? Like, what do you want to learn from this series? Like, what are you? Are you looking forward to this? Honestly, what? How do you feel about me forcing you to do this series where we watch nothing but twenty-year-old wrestling? No, I am very much looking forward to it because I wrestling history is the thing that I would love to learn more about, and being so inundated with it right now, like so overwhelmed with the amount of content that I am watching, like I'm watching. Uh, Raw, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, and SmackDown every single week, which is, uh, what, 10 hours of wrestling, and plus pay-per-views whenever they happen. So it's like I watch so much of it that I kind of can't fit in the time to go back and watch anything older. So, it's, But it is something that I would like to do. So I think being forced to do it... <laughs> I think it will help me. I think I, it, and this is like a very crucial part of history. It's like, like when wrestling was at maybe it's most popular or at least most like, uh, uh it, it penetrated the culture the most. And I think uh, that that's definitely something like as a fan, I need to learn about. And I, I, uh, I am excited to do it. Yeah, I'm excited to guide you through this because, like, if there's one thing I know, it's this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I was just obsessed with this as as a kid growing up. I watched all this over and over on VHS tapes, and it's been in my brain for all this time. So I've it's it's going to be great for me to it's going to be great for me to rewatch this stuff. Although I will say this is a content warning. Um, it's from the late '90s. It is dated. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I mean, okay. Let me start with the good stuff. Not good stuff. Let me just start with like the stuff you know you want to be so surprised about. Yes, this is back in the in the Attitude Era with DX and the Godfather. Who do you know? The Godfather, Marcus, the rest. Yeah, of the Godfather? He, yeah. He comes out with his hose. Yes, he comes and out with dance hose. around and. Um. Yes. So you have that stuff. You have Val Venus. Who, sure. Who, 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 who um, you know, through uh, as I was watching these old Raw episodes, they were teasing this this new uh, wrestler Val Venus with promos, um, no, like fake commercials with Val Venus talking to the camera in a porno style voice because he was promoted yeah. as like a porn actor wrestler. Yeah, he's like a porn star wrestler. And they had oh, the famous porn actress. Oh, I forget her name. Anyway, they had a famous porn actress in those videos too, and I swear to God, for a thirty-second clip, like you know, some 
uh, somebody was going down on him, seemingly going down on him as he was talking to the camera. Right on. This was all, <laughs> this is like 1998, you know, uh, cable TV, USA Network. Uh, Trying to be as shocking as possible. Exactly. So there's a lot of that stuff there. Okay, that's obvious. Okay, it's, it's, nowadays, sure, it's, it's, it's just shocking that it was, that was what was popular back then. I should also say, the audience now and now and then will like to chant. What, uh, they were chanting these um, derogatory things towards people in the ring, uh, along the lines of uh, the F word, not the good F word, like fuck, the other F word. That was surprising. <laughs> I don't know why that was a thing. <laughs> okay, um, that's definitely not a current that, chant anymore. No, you can say that, <laughs> Marcus. Yeah, let me ask you: Have they chanted that F word? <laughs> no, no, I can't think of it now. <laughs> Um, God, but that is not right. And, um, yeah, I don't know what to even say about that, but that was surprising that audiences back then were that, um, terrible. Um, they also had laser, this is not offensive, but also just irritating. They had laser pointers back in the nineties, Marcus. Uh, uh, something else that sticks out to me about watching old pay-per-views, a lot of South Park signs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> South Park was very popular. Another, I guess. Yeah, and, and another weird thing is for a, about a month's Raw episodes that I watched, um, JR would always reference um, the Seinfeld finale. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why? Uh, I don't know. It was 1998. It was weird. Um, but yes, these are old episodes. If it, it, I want to know, honestly, if anybody is going to be watching this along with us. Uh, again, it's going to be very. Uh, um, it's it's like a, it's like an Indiana Jones type of like bridge where it's rickety right now. We're not sure what the future is for WWE Network, but if anybody is watching along with us, um, I'd like to know about that because um, I think this is a worthwhile journey into the history of wrestling. Whether you're a huge fan or not, um, it's a lot of stuff we'll be watching. So, and even if you're not watching. I mean, I think we'll be entertaining enough that people will, will listen and like, hopefully learn something about what what it was back then to watch wrestling and what this what this was back then. So yeah, that's and I was doing this for fun, as I do with like almost every every podcast I do. Other you know, other than the podcast I do where I talk about Creepshow Three or the Love Guru, this is fun for me. Okay, this is fun. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, that's where we are with this uh, series. That's where we're gonna be. Another thing we need is a name, Marcus. We don't have a good yeah. name for this. Uh, right now, the the notes I'm looking at, the title of this is Marking the Marks Presents Austin versus McMahon, which is, I don't know. Fine. That's fine. Fine. We'll, 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 we'll go for it. We'll, we'll we go with this for now. Clever. Yeah. Well, we might think of something clever, and we'll, we'll have that as a show title. At this point, listeners, if you're listening to this on Patreon, it'll have a title. But for right now, we're not sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I think it's a good intro episode. That's where we are, Marcus. Um, after this, I'm going to send you homework uh, to get you ready for the first episode. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, yeah, and again, you don't have to watch the entire uh, episodes of Raw. Uh, luckily, their their chapter stops, and uh, you just skip, skip to the good point, the good parts. Any last words, Marcus? I just want to thank you for doing all this work, for uh, gathering all this together. It is something I'm genuinely excited about, and uh, uh, let's uh, let's do it. <laughs> let's get ready to rock. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, uh, uh, follow <laughs> at Marking the Marks on Twitter. 
spelled like you see it in your pod feed there. M-A-R-C-S. Uh, you can email us at TFS Wrestling. Tell us maybe if you are watching along or if you have any insight into or any memories or whatever of yeah, watching see, this. That that would be good. We, we should find people who uh, were watching also live or maybe who were at these events too. Um, that'd be fun to... Yeah, yeah. Like Marcus said, email us or, or tweet at us. Sure. Yeah. Because hey, uh, like like you said, it was like the most popular thing. It was most was it like was it the the most popular wrestling has ever been? I, you could say like when Hulk Hogan, or maybe even before that, like in the nineteen thirties or whatever. <laughs> with, like when we have no idea, but maybe it was like extremely popular. We're not gonna go know. back that far. Not, Probably not. Not in this season anyway. Maybe season, maybe season <laughs> two. We'll go to nineteen thirties wrestling. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, my final words are yes, I'm excited. Um, this is, yeah, this is fun for me and I can't wait to get this uh, started. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it, folks. Uh, and now for our final catchphrase, our last, uh, the last things, the last things we say on these episodes, Marcus, what is it? Yeah, we're still doing it, huh? Uh, yeah, we're still doing it, huh? Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. To you. You and hello. Hello, Satan. <clears throat> Satan. Is that what you said? Yeah, Satan. Satan, yeah. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>
what, what's the what, what's the WWF stand for in the, the, the panda thing? Yeah, the panda uh, one, the world wildlife. Yeah, Federation. world wildlife federation foundation. <laughs> foundation before they sued the WWF and had them change their name to WWE. Uh, yeah, we're we're going back in time to the late nineties and early two thousands. We're focusing primarily on Stone Cold Steve Austin and the plotline where he faced off against Vince McMahon, uh, the the uh, CEO, the head of the WWE. That's that's the show. We're gonna we're gonna do a multi part series where we're just talking about that, going back through the archives, watching those old promos and matches, and just. Talking about it and chronicling this entire feud. Yes, chronicling the, One of the feud. Most famous in wrestling history. Uh, we we uh, we talked about some of this in the intro episode back when we didn't have a name. <laughs> back when I forced Marcus to do an episode of a show that he had no idea was what uh, what was planned. <laughs> I go, Marcus, let's just do an intro episode for this. That doesn't have a name, and you know we haven't even started on it. And Marcus was like, "Sure, I'm game for anything, right, Marcus?" That's right. I'm always down for anything. And you <laughs> listeners, you should uh, remember that. <laughs> Are you giving our th- listeners vague threats? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. You should. You should be because that's the vibe we're uh, we're totally in on this uh, show. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin, we're giving vague threats to people. So why Stone Cold specifically? Why this feud? Because yeah, um, I watched this as it was happening back in the late 90s and I have fond memories and I you know even before we started marking the marks I had rewatched wrestling clips and pay-per-views from back then from from this era this attitude era and I'm like yeah I, you know sure it's problematic at times sure we'll get into that but uh, it's still entertaining to me it still holds a special place in my heart so why not go back in time and again like Marcus just said we're we're going to chronicle this whole feud and the storylines. Um, how many parts will it be? I'm not, I don't know. I'm still kind of doing the research. And to me, research just means going back and watching, <laughs> rewatching all these pay-per-views and all these raws. Turns out there's a lot. Um, so uh, expect us to do at least maybe, uh, Marcus, I don't know, like 10 episodes of this. Um, I've got the first five or six pretty much planned i just need to send over those notes but yeah um th- this this went on for a while marcus right <clears throat> i asked you uh, yeah i asked you in the intro how much you knew about this just remind the folks just uh, how much you know about the stone coast of austin versus vince mcmahon feud right so i've only been watching wrestling for like two and a half years or some some two years or something and like so uh, everything that I know of that time period is just like the little bits that I've seen get replayed on modern shows or uh, had it's absorbed through my life uh, before I actually really paid attention to wrestling. So it's not, I am very not uh, super familiar with this stuff. I cannot say that I am. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is interesting because now we're, we're switching roles because yep. I always ask you all the questions. Um, and now we'll see if I have all the answers for this, but uh, I think you'll be asking some questions as we go along because yeah, th- this was my, I mean, along with movies, uh, when I was growing up with this stuff in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. This, I was all into this totally into it. 
think I mentioned in the last episode, yeah, I rented all the VHSs. I watched like all these, uh, pretty much all the Raws for like a two year span. I <laughs> did I mention this on the episode? I uh, back when like there were static the 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 pay per views were like on basic cable channels, right? Yeah, and there was this thing called static. Uh, I don't think too many people know about nowadays where a channel is just static, where it's just fuzz and you can't hear and you well, you can barely hear something or whatever. It's uh, it's blocked out. Channels blocked out. There's a pay per view channel that would play the these pay per views, and it was the static was was like it wasn't prominent enough, and the audio was clean enough where I could kind of see what was going on. <laughs> So I could watch some of these pay-per-views just barely through the static of these blocked uh, cable channels, which sounds sad, but hey, that was the 90s for you. That's it, uh, yeah. Yeah, for, for, I've, for I've mostly heard. I've mostly heard of this uh, through people using that uh, static thing to watch porno, <laughs> but you were using it to watch uh, our pay-per-view wrestling. Yes, so that makes me a lot, great. lot cooler. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> All right, but uh, but let's go to the let's, let's jump into it. Um, oh, you know what? Before before that, uh, I I want to reveal something. So, Marcus had the brilliant idea of uh, starting each episode with um, uh, opening up a can um, of whatever substance we drink. Uh, that is in reference to Snoko Steve Austin and his catchphrase: "Opened up a can of bass." He's, he he used to say that. I'm still. I'm sure. I'm sure he still says that. But uh, he coined that phrase. Uh, well, I don't think he, did he coin it or did he um, just make it popular? I think he just made it popular because I think yeah, that, that, yeah, I think that was a phrase before. But uh, yeah, he said it a lot. Um, and he drank beer a lot. I'm sure he still drinks beer. He drinks enough beer that he made his own beer. Um, so what I'm holding in my hand is. Stone Coast, Stone Coast Steve Austin's personal uh, beer, uh, one he apparently made with his own bare hands um, at the Le Segundo Brewing Company. It's called Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. 6.7% alcohol. I'm holding a pint can. And uh, this may come as a shock to you, Marcus. But yep. uh, when I opened up a can... Um, of podcast at the beginning of the show. I did not open up this can. I opened up another can I had. <laughs> I, <laughs> I opened up Yeah, I opened up a Good Night Imperial Red Ale from the Osaka Blues Brewery. That's what I would have guessed that you opened. <laughs> you, Just listen to that. You're like, wait a second. Is that an Osaka Blues Brewery can? <laughs> yes. From Colorado, USA? Uh, with an 8.7% uh, ABV, it's got to be. Uh, I will. I have not tried, and I have yet to open a can of Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA, and I kind I kind of want to do it uh, towards the end of the show. Um, I want to save that. I didn't want to open it um, when we opened the cans because uh, so look forward to that, folks. Yeah, uh, that, that's a tease. Okay, when I'm done with this beer, then I'm holding my hand this good night IPA. I'll open up Steve Austin's can and see how good his can tastes. Um, now, on with the show. So, Marcus, yeah, you. How much of this old wrestling at all have you seen in your life? <clears throat> how often do you go back and watch old uh, pay per views and matches? It doesn't happen 
as much anymore. When I was very new to wrestling, I uh, I tried to like watch everything, and I was like just like I, I went back and watched every single Royal Rumble pay per view, and I was just trying to watch as much as I could because it was still new and exciting to me. And like the more I started watching, and the more new stuff I realized there was, and started watching all that, <clears throat> I basically cut out old stuff almost entirely. So like this show, I only seen just that. Uh, I've seen one thing that we watched for this show before, uh, and uh, I, there's multiple other things I've seen like clips, but I've never actually watched like in context full thing. But yeah, there's only one thing we watched tonight that I've already seen. That's me, and now you're just gonna be inundated with this stuff. Uh, add on all this stuff I'm, wa- I'm forcing you to watch with all that new wrestling you're watching. Uh, how many hours of wrestling are you watching now, Marcus? <laughs> just. <sighs> don't like to think about it (laughs) (laughs) uh but don't worry this will be over in at least another year or two uh project (laughs) so the beginning okay so i some of this i i'm also watching for the first time actually because it wasn't until i'd say 98 99 is when i got really into it um so a lot of the stuff in this episode i watched for the first time so there you go um, uh, let me tell you folks about how I went about chronicling all this stuff. Um, uh, what you should know is if you have a WWE, uh, network account, good for you. Uh, you can watch along, I think, but also make it easier for folks who don't have that. Uh, I'm going to try to play some audio clips as we go. Maybe give you some context. Cause I also want this to be as thrilling as a history lesson. <laughs> I want people to be riveted as they would reading about the writing of the declaration of independence. Cause to me, uh, stone cold, uh, coming up with his catchphrase, Austin three sixteen says, I just whooped your ass. is just as important as John Hancock signing the declaration of independence. Uh, <laughs> But yes, um, how did I go about this? Yeah, uh, of course I have the WWE Network account. Um, I did some light Googling about when exactly uh, Stone Cold became Stone Cold, became the popular wrestler that he that he was. Um, actually, I did. Let me pull up some of, some of the other research I've done, actually. Because um, I also wanted not to go too into the weeds with this. There's... And there's a... There's a um, there's a good fear of that I have later on because I'm currently in 1999 in my research and oh boy, um, it's not as clean cut as it is in this, uh, beginning, you know, you know, starting storyline with Stone Cold versus McMahon. It kind of splinters off into like threads and like other wrestlers are involved. So throughout, I, I I was going to say, I do not, uh, I do not envy how much of this stuff you are actually watching. (laughs) I appreciate you paring it down for me. Yeah. There's, there's a point in 1999, just jumping ahead a bit where yes, it's not just Stone Cold. It's not just Vince McMahon. There are these groups. Uh, what would you call these groups in wrestling Marcus? Um, stables, stables, factions. I don't know. Um, like, like nowadays, what uh, doesn't Jericho have one? What's what's that one called again? Yeah, the the inner circle. It's like a, it's just like a group of people that are uh, usually rallied around like a leader and uh, causing ruckus. Yeah, causing a ruckus. around wrestling. Yeah, uh, oh. the NWO. Famously. Yes, NWO, and uh, you have uh, in the late nineties DX, uh, D Generation right. X, yeah. and then once McMahon becomes Vince McMahon, the character. Uh, not to spoil things, Marcus, but I think you know about the corporation 
he forms that little group um, that has uh, members like Big Boss Man and Shamrock um, that, uh, yeah, they come as his little gang. Um, and then you see The Rock join in and then The Rock versus like uh, Triple H and then Mankind's involved and then Undertaker and Kane. And at one point, all of this is happening and <laughs> I'll tell you this. Stone Cold is nowhere to be found at one point. <laughs> so all this is happening, you know, and I'm like, what, what am I going to do when, I don't know. So that's a look into the future. So luckily, it's a little, I'm, it's not as like hectic um, uh, starting off as it's going to be. So be, be prepared for that, folks. Um, but mainly it's going to be Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. And then when things do splinter off into these crazy like factions and like other wrestlers ju- jump in, I'll also try to make it as clean as possible. But uh, oh, and you brought up, you brought up something to me that I completely missed in my research because I again want to make a clean cut. I want to get to the you know get to the point. What's that thing you told me about about um, Austin and a storyline with a with a gun, <laughs> Marcus? Oh right, yeah. Uh, I do not know very much about it, but I just know like uh, Brian Pillman. Uh, he showed up to Stone Cold's house with a gun one time, or is it vice versa? Stone Cold showed up to Brian Pillman's house with a gun. Like that. That's just the storyline I've seen weird clips from sometimes. Yeah, I. Like, I did read into that when you told me about it, and I go, "Oh boy!" Um, yeah, yeah. For anybody who wants to read about that, about Stone Cold Steve Austin and that wrestler who brought a gun to—I don't know—it's <laughs> yeah. insane. Um, yeah, I think they were trying like really hardcore things with Brian Pillman because I—I I, uh, I don't remember which show it was on, but I remember seeing another match with Brian Pillman on one of these shows that we watched, and like he was doing some weird like sex slavery thing it, it, it was very weird <laughs> luckily um the stone coast of austin versus vince mcmahon storyline doesn't get weird until i'd say like the late 90 like late 1999 so when things start to get really weird although you may have seen this clip marcus uh have you seen a clip with uh i don't want to give it away with stone cold steve austin and a gun and vince mcmahon no. You haven't? <laughs> okay. I'm, te- that? I'm teasing that for later. So, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, I'm, I'm In a future episode, I mean. But be, be prepared for that. Be prepared for gun action in the storyline. <laughs> 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 not just not just Pillman, uh, but Vince McMahon, Snow Cold. Okay. Uh, real quick. A quick background on Snow Cold. Uh, he got his start... Um, like in Texas, obviously he grew up in Texas. Uh, the way he tells it, he just he just ran into somebody who said, "Hey, we're doing wrestling training. Want to join?" He goes, "Sure." <laughs> I don't know how much of that is like pure legend or or just the real truth, but who knows? But yeah, he he started from nothing. Um, he he tried to jump into uh, you know, WCW and have his own persona there, but. He was. I was. I was tempted to add in his WCW stuff into this. Uh, into this episode. Into this, this beginning episode. Because we're just. We, this first episode is really. This first episode is just really an intro, really, because it doesn't have a lot of Vince McMahon versus Stone Cold. There's a few moments where they interact, but this is just laying the groundwork, really. Uh, the, the stuff we're going to talk about. Um, I was tempted again. There's so much out there. Um, I could have done a whole episode on Stone Cold and his beginnings, but yes, he was really close to being a big name 
at the WCW. Um, I think he even had matches with, um, you know, bigger names, but never got there. An injury took him out. Um, and then I mentioned to, I mentioned this to you, uh, Marcus, uh, I believe. Um, he also did some ECW work, Stone Cold, which I found out about in my research. Um, how much of ECW do you know about, Marcus? Uh, very little. I know Paul Heyman was like the main guy in charge of that, and I, I've seen like a couple of their one night stand pay per views when I think they were already absorbed by WWE because that's what's on the network. But yeah, I, I don't know much about that either. Yeah, for those who don't know, the ECW um, was bought by the WWE. I don't know when. I think I can't remember if it's before or after they bought WCW. I think it's, I think it was before. I honestly can't remember. But yeah, I mean, you can find clips of uh, Stone Cold doing promos, which he was basically, that's all he was doing for a few months at ECW, was doing promos. Because I think at that point, he was kicked off of WCW for uh, having an injury, um, so he had nothing to do. And I think it was Paul Heyman, who was um, over at ECW at the time, who said, hey, there's Stone Cold has potential. Um, why not just give a, give him a mic and just have him just go crazy? And he did go crazy. He developed this persona Stone Cold did at ECW. So that was interesting. And then Stone Cold eventually came back uh, to the WWF slash E. And I think it was around this time when they were trying to give him a name. And this is what I found interesting or funny, Marcus. So um, the way he tells it, Stone Cold is he was watching a uh, documentary about the Iceman, the famous hitman murderer. Uh, Yeah. And he goes, he called up a WWE creative and he goes, Hey, come up with a name um, that's connected to the Iceman killer. I want like that kind of vibe with my name. (laughs) Uh, Do you know about this, Marcus? Do you know what, what names they, they gave him? I've heard a couple of them, like the Ringmaster, right? Isn't that one? I believe so. Is that a different thing? That may be a different thing. That may be one of his names they actually had for a while. But no, according to him, this is what they gave him. Okay, these three names. And you tell me which one you take, Marcus, from these three names. Okay, Of the three. Of the three. Uh, First one, Otto Von Ruthless. (laughs) Okay, next one. I stagger. <laughs> right. Next one. Fang McFrost. <laughs> <laughs> so out of those three, Marcus, which, which one are you going to go with? I think Otto Von Ruthless has the most to work <laughs> with, but also sure? Ice Dagger is extremely funny. I, you, you don't want to go with you don't want to go with Fang McFrost. <laughs> no, that one is very confusing. I think Ice Dagger is the ticket there. Uh, I don't know. I love Fang McFrost. I'm going to make that my new screen name. Um, okay, so he went with Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, here we go. Here's something. Here's another tidbit. Do you know? Do you know where exactly Stone Cold came from? Marcus, the name. I think you told it on the last episode or something. Did I? Like it was a thing at a diner. Oh, I may have said it. Okay, so what it is is I'll say it again if I said it before. His wife said, "Hey, uh, don't forget to drink your tea, Steve. Uh, Otherwise, it'll get stone cold." Then Stone Cold had a had a light bulb 
you know, uh, flash on top of his head. He goes, right. Stone. Well, he goes, wait a second. I know what my name is. Ice tea. No, it's Stone Cold. <laughs> so, yes, that's how Stone Cold Steve Austin got his name. And that brings us to. I'm going to skip ahead a few years. You know, he sees, you know, he's kind of a middle tier, semi low middle tier wrestler at this point. Um, it wasn't until 1996. The King of the Ring, when uh, it's a it's an important moment in his career. So, it's the first thing we're talking about, King of the Ring, ninety six. Uh, Marcus, yes. Uh, how much of this did you watch? Because I mentioned in my notes, I go, okay, you can watch the matches leading up to this. Because if you don't know what the King of the Ring is, folks listening, Marcus knows. Um, it's a, it was a tournament that they used to do and they they did it uh, again here recently in the WWE but it had its own pay-per-view uh, and it's a tournament where these wrestlers compete to be the king of the ring uh, they go through these uh, you know uh, uh, matches these sub yeah, what do you call it semifinals finals whatever you know you know what a tournament is um, and Stone Cold was competing in the 1996 King of the Ring, and spoiler alert, he wins. And I told you, Marcus, uh, you don't have to watch the matches before that. You just have to watch this important clip at the end. So, Marcus, how much of this King of the Ring 1996 pay-per-view did you watch? So, <clears throat> this was the first thing you told me to watch. And so, at that time, I was thinking, well, I'm not going to half-ass this. I'll, wa- I'll watch the entire thing. And the entire so, pay-per-view? <laughs> I watched the entire King of the Ring 96 pay-per-view. And uh, um, m- part of the way through that, I realized, okay, this is too much work for me. <laughs> from then on, I started watching explicitly what you told me to watch. But this King of the Ring, I have, uh, I did watch the whole thing. <laughs> See that, that that's why I made notes and maybe I'll share the notes for everybody listening to on the on the Patreon. Um but yeah they they're very again we could go in the weeds with this. I could I I thought for a second. No, there was a point Marcus where I'm like, okay, maybe I should force you to watch all these pay-per-views. <laughs> right. But I'm not that cruel. Right? Do you see me as cruel, Marcus? No, I do not. Okay, exactly. If you would have said yes, I would have been even more cruel to you. <laughs> um, but no, it, uh, again, I'm trying to make this as streamlined as possible, make you watch as little wrestling on this side uh, as possible, because, hey, how much How much do you watch now? <laughs> I always ask you this. It's, it's at least eight <laughs> hours, ten hours. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like ten, ten hours a week, and unless there's a pay-per-view or if I've got to watch some Stone Cold bullshit. So it's a minimum <laughs> ten hours a week, yeah. Okay, so I'm actually glad you watched this whole thing because uh, I did watch the Stone Cold matches because he has one. Yeah, he only had two matches. Oh, he only had two. Okay, okay, yeah. So there were three total matches, though. As part of the King of the Ring. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Let's go to a clip right now, which I'm going to play. Actually, before that, let me ask you this, Marcus. You watched the whole thing. You watched the whole King of the Ring. Yep. Uh, What was your main takeaway before the ending, before the clip I want to play of the synonymous uh, Austin 316 uh, moment? Uh, leading up to that, uh, the matches that Stone Cold had. What did you think of those? 
thing of the matches that Stone Cold was in, yes. or the whole pay per view. Oh, you know what? Um, Since you watched the whole pay per view, tell me what you thought of the whole pay per view. Because hey, again, you don't watch you know these often or ever at all. So, yeah. what, what did you think of the whole pay per view? Uh, I think the matches that you told me to watch were the matches to watch. <laughs> I think everything in between uh, varying degrees of quality. I had never seen the Godwins before, and my God, they had a weird gimmick that i cannot believe was popular i forgot how or you forget sometimes is how cartoonish the character characters were back then like literally just uh i'm not saying some of them today aren't but they're they're usually portrayed on more of a human level i would say like these like they are literally just like cartoon characters of uh of like hillbillies but, uh, hold on, but, but, hold on, hold on one second, Marcus. I want to play the theme song that the Good Winds come out to. Yes, Here we go. Yes, I'm playing it now. Hold on. Yeah. Here we go. With a WWF tag team title up for grabs, and here comes some favorites. All right, Google Mason with No Country Boy. That's the vibe they're <laughs> they're giving off uh-huh. in the in the mid to late nineties. Um, because hey, nowadays. How how cheesy do do like these uh, wrestlers get, Marcus? These personas not that cheesy anymore, right? No, not. I mean, uh, there's a few characters like AEW has uh, a character right now who's supposed to be a literal dinosaur who somehow like what? time traveled to Wait. this time period, and they have an alien character. Okay. But like I said, like they are portrayed with more nuance. I would say at least. Um. There, there is zero nuance to the Godwins. They are just—they <laughs> are the character you just heard in that, in that uh, theme song. But, uh, but anyway, and, and there was also like a Jerry Lawler match, which um, I—I'm sure he had good matches in Memphis, wherever he was from. But I have not seen a single decent one in WWE. They're always like comedy, jokey things. Uh, I mean, I've always known him as a commentator, so it's weird for for me. Uh, to see him wrestling, uh, but right. he, I, I, he did. He did. From what I remember, and maybe we'll, we'll get to this point. Probably not, because this may be after Austin left. But in when uh, SmackDown first came on, um, I forget why. But do you know the wrestler Taz? Yeah, yeah, and he became a commentator eventually too. Yep, commentating uh, for AEW right now. Oh, really? I didn't know Taz was a commentator for them. Um, but Taz, when he was a wrestler, I think he was just coming out of ECW, and he had a plotline where he was fighting against Jerry the King Lawler. Mm-hmm. And if I think maybe, uh, maybe we'll do this as a bonus. <laughs> Is this this specific uh, uh, <laughs> rivalry? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> a ten episode series on Jerry the King Lauder versus Taz. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess my point is, <laughs> um, I think uh, that that match at least maybe had some points when I think, oh, maybe Jerry the King Lawler was a was a good wrestler. So I don't know. Uh, uh, again, I haven't seen like you think like a very good match where it shows Jerry the King Lawler as like a proficient yeah. wrestler. So, which is uh, it's just a shame. Maybe we should maybe we should both go back and you know go back earlier and watch like. Th- Early nineties or like early or I don't know late eighties stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know what? 
ten part series. Share the King Lawler versus Andy Kaufman. <laughs> okay. So okay. we've got so we've got we've got twenty episodes lined up after this. Um, okay. Um, okay. Uh, I also on this card. I like. I, I kind of liked Ahmed Johnson and Gold Dust match. Um, you know, there's probably some stuff that wouldn't uh, fly uh, today, but um, just with Gold Dust character in general. But yeah, you yeah. know, you know, you know what was weird? Uh, me as a kid playing Gold Dust um, as a as a as a wrestler. Um, what what, what, what was this? As in a video game, playing Gold Dust in a video game, and all of Gold Dust. You know what he does. Oh, for those who don't know, history lesson. Yes, Gold Dust. Uh, currently, you can see him on AEW, right? Um, is is yes. uh, Dusty Rhodes, right? That's what he goes yes, by. Yes, that's his real name, Dustin Rhodes. Yes, yeah. Dustin Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, but yes, but I mean, back in the late nineties or mid nineties, uh, he was Gold Dust on the WWE, and yeah, he was very um, what's the word? Um, uh, sexual. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. He would, uh, grind his, you know, things on people and yeah, very flamboyant. Um, yeah, that's his persona. But a good wrestler. I thought it was a decent match, but, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, the stuff he told me to watch really was the main stuff of this pay-per-view. Uh, but another takeaway, like <laughs> I'm looking here at like the Wikipedia with like the times of the matches. Uh, uh-huh. Um, Stone Cold, his first match was against Mark Marrow um, with Sable, who is uh, Brock Lesnar's wife. Wait, what? Uh, Wait, now you're teaching me. This is not marking the marks. You shouldn't be teaching me anything. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. No, I no, but no, no, no. Seriously. Wait, are you saying now Sable's married to who? Brock Lesnar. Uh, uh, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. This is this is facts. Marcus, I've been watching again. My research has just been watching old Raws and all old pay per views of the WWE, and Sable was prominently featured. Sable was a huge crush of mine, obviously, right. when I was watching this. To find out that in in the present day, in the year twenty twenty, she's married to Brock Lesnar. That is shocking to me. I believe it. Uh, uh, but anyway, but yeah, Stone Cold versus Mark Merrow here. That was sixteen. That was almost seventeen minutes. Long match, then, right? Yeah, and then Jake Roberts, uh, his match was three and a half minutes, and then their match later on four and a half minutes. So uh, I think uh, Stone Cold was the younger guy who could probably work more. <laughs> and uh, even at this point, uh, Jake's uh, Jake uh, clearly was not doing the best. Yeah, because the final match of the King of the Ring to determine the King of the Ring, wasn't it Jake the Snake versus Stone Cold? Is that yep, that's it? right. Yep. And, uh, oh boy. Um, I actually have not seen Jake the Snake wrestle. Um, this is my first one, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. The the, the matches he um, participated in in this King of the Ring. Also currently with AEW. Wait, what? <laughs> As a wrestler? <laughs> no, not as a wrestler. He's like a, a manager for somebody. Okay, okay. I was worried there for a second. Debuted a couple weeks ago. We'll get into that later. On a different show. On a different <laughs> show. show. Save that for marking the marks. Yes. Um. But, uh, no, it was, I mean, uh, okay, so the plot line is Jake the Snake was like really beaten up. He's... Yeah, he's like over his prime. That's that's the gimmick. That's the thing they're playing up, right? 
And it was it wasn't necessarily sad, but it was just like, oh, oh, what a way to go, you know? Because if the final match was Stone Cold versus Jake the Snake, it's just Stone Cold beating up Jake the Snake, yeah, for like yeah. three minutes, <laughs> and that's it, yeah. So, um, it's a shame for Jake the Snake, but uh, what's what's the term they use, Marcus, when you uh, put up another wrestler? Putting over, putting over, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, you, you, you know, you, somebody has to go down for another person to get up, right? And Stone Cold is the one who got up, and Stone Cold is the one who won the King of the Ring. He's the King of the Ring of 1996, right? And um, yeah, so before I play the clip, Marcus, any any other thoughts on this on his night leading up to this moment? Him, yeah, him, and, him in particular. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, it was interesting to see. Um, I, th- I believe on commentary they said that Stone Cold's first stunner happened the week prior to this King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, th- I think I may have seen that raw. I didn't add it in here because it was again. I'm trying to like make things simpler. But yeah, I do believe during that raw they were like, "Oh, that's Stone Cold's new move, the stunner." So yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I think Vince said on commentary. Uh, they're like, yeah, the week prior, and like that surprised me. And also, like, Stone Cold is like one of the most beloved people that uh, in wrestling. Like, even today, whenever he comes out, crowds go nuts. And this is interesting. Like, they did not seem to care. Like, he was playing more of a heel character, but they yeah. did not seem to care one way or the other about him. They weren't really cheering for or against him. Is it, it was just interesting to see him at those early phases where nobody cared about him. Like, just, and this is like just before he cracked. Like it's, it's interesting to see that. Yeah. And this clip I'm about to play, it's like, this clip is maybe the most, it's not overplayed. It's played just enough to prove who Stone Cold is, was, um, it's his character. And, th- and yeah, again, Marcus, like you said, this is this is not him at his height. This is just him still laying the groundwork for what he'll eventually become. Um, is, this is a defining moment, though. Um, oh, we should say also before I play, play the clip, you mentioned it uh, just now, but yes, Vince McMahon on commentary. Um, oh yeah, that's where Vince McMahon is right now. As Stone Cold is rising to the top of the of the heap, you know he's about to be the champion in about uh, two years' time. Vince McMahon uh, in 1996, he's doing the commentary. He's the head of the company. He's doing the commentary. Um, I should have done a little bit more research on Vince McMahon. I mean, of course, he's the son of the elder right. McMahon. Yeah, um, did he did he own it already at this time? I believe he did because, as we'll as we'll see in later clips, uh, <laughs> there are moments when. Okay, so what I don't know for sure. And what I should have done more research on is just how well known it was that Vince McMahon was the head of the company. Because I'm pretty, yeah. sh- I'm pretty sure he was, you know, the head of the company. But there were moments, and we'll find out soon enough, where him as a commentator, um, where it breaks, where a wrestler would come over to the table where he's doing the commentating and like yell at him in particular, it's like, and that line would be crossed. I just googled something. What? Uh, Vince McMahon uh, bought WWF in 1982. Ah, see? So this is 14 years later that he's still doing commentary. That's insane. Yeah. Um, Sorry. 
No, but no, it, it's it's great context because yeah, people maybe maybe it was more people in the background knew he was the he was the owner, right? And maybe the audience, maybe people who were listening at home, they didn't know for sure. So that's my that's my thought on it. I don't know. Right. I don't know why. I don't know one hundred percent on that. But just 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 uh, watching back, listening back to him and the other commentators interact. It wasn't. It wasn't like he was the forefront. He wasn't like. It wasn't like he was the face of the company. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the end of this episode, we'll get into that line breaking for sure, and him leaving, uh, commentating, and him being Vince McMahon, the owner of the WWF, and nothing else. Um, so yeah, but at this point, there's that kind of blurry line where he's just a commentator. He's just there to commentate. That's it. He's not the owner. He's just there. So keep that in mind, folks. Um, again, but I think he's a good commentator. I mean, but, but you saw this whole pay per view. What do you think of Vince McMahon as a commentator? Yeah, the number of times I've seen him, I think uh, he was decent. Like he's like, basically, he filled the role that like Michael Cole has today, where it's like <laughs> yeah. more than no nonsense. He's just saying what he needs to say to uh, push everything along, more than like being a color commentator, like adding adding to it. He's more just saying what's happening you know? yeah which is funny you say because um i just watched today the uh, smackdown from uh, march yeah. 13th um of 2020 uh which was uh audienceless there's performing at the what the performance center in florida right, right? and i think even uh, triple h he was a commentator during that uh, Smackdown episode and he made mention of Vince McMahon the commentator or something and Michael Cole was there obviously and I don't know how you feel about Michael Cole um, Marcus but I never liked him <laughs> yeah he's yeah, fine I, mean, I, I, I still think Vince McMahon he's like, he has a good voice I think he adds enough I think he, I think he is better than Michael Cole but I don't know nobody's as bad as Michael Cole <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm giving him too much shit maybe just because it's been and, and and we haven't hit the Michael Cole years. Maybe by '98 he's prominent in like the Raws and the pay per views, but he just always feels like the fresh face guy. And it's just weird for him twenty years, more than twenty years later, him just still being there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, you know what, Marcus? What we should do? Ten part series on Michael Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole. As a concept. <laughs> his highs, his lows, his rivalries. Yes. Yeah. Uh, everything Michael Cole. Okay, let's play the clip. So, once Stone Cold wins over Jake the Snake, this happens. Uh, this famous clip of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my oh, ring. Come on. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I've proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. He is stone cold. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird. All right, stop And it. try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice 
to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. All right, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, and his remarks? Yes, 1996, WWF King of the Ring. As far match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davy Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Fantastic. I mean, we actually joked about this. We mentioned this in the first episode, the intro episode, last episode. <clears throat> Just how many promos we'll be watching versus actual matches. Um, that's the thing I find interesting now, having gone through a lot of research, Marcus. Because uh, I think we... I can't remember now how much we, we we talked about it in the last episode. How important for you do promos play in wrestling? Because like you have, I know. Yeah, it's t- t- talk about that. How you feel about promos versus the actual wrestling and wrestling? I think that a lot of times the promo is maybe the most important thing to me. I I, I tell you, I watch ten hours or whatever a week and if that 10 hours was just them fake hitting each other, I would not be as invested. And, uh, and a lot of the time I'm just like on my phone, not paying attention to matches. But when a promo picks up that I'm interested in, I will, I will actually start paying attention to it. Like I, I do really think they're maybe the most important aspect of getting you, um, invested in the characters and the storylines um, and the match. Uh, uh, you, you hope the matches are good, but even if the promos are good, it's you can, pro- it, it can still be a good feud with bad matches. Yeah. And I that's, think. yeah, that's, that's kind of the vibe I had going back and watching all of this. Cause <clears throat> it didn't hit me until about, after I got done, like maybe the the second or third episodes um, summaries, I'm like, wait a second, there's just a lot of talking. But I I still find, and then I realized to myself, oh, I think that's why I like a lot of the storyline, the Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon storyline is the the plot. Yeah, I, I also really like the wrestling too. Um, but I think it's the plot that really gets me going. Them. It's, if if it didn't have that, it, I, I we wouldn't be here today. And Stone Cold is so like energetic to watch, like so compelling to watch. I think as a figure, that yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, and it's because he is so good at what he does on the mic is 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 why he became again. It was through that work at ECW before. You know, jumping to the WWE, it was back in the WCW days when he's still developing as a wrestler. All that um, leading up to this and this moment, yeah. Again, it's played over and over. It's the reason why he's so big is because he started coming up with these phrases, these catchphrases, and yeah. So where he is now as a wrestler in 1996. Oh, by the way, June 23rd, 1996. That was when this King of the Ring happened. We're just going to jump ahead about a year and a half. No, sorry, about uh, six months, not a year and a half. Um, to January of 1997, to the Royal Rumble. Okay. Marcus, I know you've seen plenty of Royal Rumbles, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen every single Royal Rumble. <laughs> You've seen every single. Talk about that. Seeing every single Royal Rumble. How many have there been? Um, I don't remember, but they started in the eighties, uh, and it's uh, they are very formulaic. You see the, you see how they're put together, and but it was interesting watching them all because you really learn like, like there's a lot of like, like small things that make a good one, like little mini stories that are happening within it or, uh, one really great performance that's happening throughout it. Like it, it, it was interesting watching all of them. It can be very, uh, um, samey, but, I don't know. Uh, it was interesting. Yeah, so this 1997 Royal Rumble, you had seen it before, right? Yes. Yeah. So, talk about the match itself, the the Rumble match itself. Um, again, yeah, I, I, uh, how do I say this? Rumble matches, I am not a fan of just thinking about them overall, but when I watch them, and when they, yeah, when there are stories formed within, I, I can't sit down and watch a, a whole one and like be entertained, you know. I yeah, I think I I honestly do think like I could make a case for them being like my favorite type of match, just because I love seeing like just so many people and they all get their own little moments. Like that that's what a really good one is. I don't I can't say that this is one of the better ones. Um, I, I don't even think any of Stone Cold wins are any of the best ones, but um, because he's he's one more than once and we'll get to those in later episodes i can't in my memory none of them really stick out i wouldn't say but uh but yeah this, this was a weird one they had like technical difficulties um the like the clock didn't work or the the announcing uh the, the uh the like tron or whatever the music wouldn't work so like Razor Ramon, he came out like third or fourth, and he, and he, he just didn't have an entrance at all. He had to run out uh, <laughs> with without the clock going down, and, was, and he got eliminated right away. It was really weird. Um, and he, Stone Cold, comes out at five, and he lasts all the way to the end, kind of, sort of, in a, in a, in a way, uh, with through some trickery because he was still a heel character at this point, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, a, a yeah, big a big ahead. reason. Yeah, I'll just get into the final, the finale. We have a final five um, of uh, who was in it. Now I'd lost my fucking page where I where I had these notes. Yeah, Bret Hart, Vader, Undertaker. Yes, Stone Cold. Yes, uh, I'm gonna try to play a clip of this finale, and we'll talk about it after I play the clip. Um, but no, I'll just say this one I had not seen. Um, I actually did not know, or I forgot the fact that he "quote unquote" won this War of Humble Stone Cold. Right. Um, and I was confused. I was like, "Wait a second! Didn't he win the '98 Rumble? What's going on here?" Uh, no, like he won this, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. it. This turns out to be just a a a, a brief. Uh, uh, kind of uh, interlude between you know him rising up and him eventually getting the championship. Um, he's he's not there yet, but uh, yeah. Well, let's jump to the end of this match where Stone Cold uh, wins the Rumble. Uh, so here we go. Here's the clip that I'm about to play. Right in the corner and fucking man, 
Wait a minute. He was in there for 34 was, minutes. Yeah, the referees didn't see it. Austin has been eliminated. Wait a minute. The Undertaker and Vader have both just been eliminated. But Austin but and Vader have been, been eliminated as well. And now it's over. Uh, no. No. Wait a minute here. What happened in that confusion? Um, Marcus, what, what? I mean, yeah, uh, this is a bit of a tomfoolery. Yeah. Yeah. Stone Cold was, was eliminated. His feet did touch the floor. I think By it Bret was Hart. Bret Hart. Um, I mean, a huge, huge uh, wrestler at this point in the WWE. Um but yeah, he, Stone Cold was eliminated by Bret Hart, but the re- the referees weren't, they weren't on that side of the, of the ring to see this yeah, happen. They were, they were distracted by something or other outside. Yeah, so then Stone Cold came back, eliminated everybody else in the ring, and won the match. Uh, and if you don't know, if you win the Royal Rumble, you get a guaranteed slot uh, at WrestleMania, uh, taking on the champion. Uh, for the main event, right? Yes. <laughs> That's a Royal Rumble for you folks. Um, but okay, it's going to get messy here. Not just this, yeah. not, not just this Tom Foolery, but what's, what's going to come up uh, later. Um, w- tell me what you thought of the, this win and this moment in Stone Cold's career, Marcus. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Um, I've got more of a point later when we get to what eventually comes of this, but um, it, it, it's just kind of odd. It, it, this is something the WWE does sometimes, where a lot of the time, where they're not like fully, fully invested in somebody yet, so they're trying to like test the waters and see how people react to something like this. But then they have a fail safe, so they can back off whenever they need to. And yeah, that's what this felt like. Uh, this isn't even the first time something like this t- happened in a Royal Rumble. I don't know what year it was, but Macho Man Randy Savage, he very clearly went over the top rope and hit the floor. But he just walked back inside. And that that like this was clearly planned, but like that one was an actual accident. And they just played it off like, oh, uh, 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 the 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 um, he uh, he fell out on his own, and the rules <laughs> have to the rules uh, necessitate that you have to be thrown out. And, like they had to make up some bullshit for why <laughs> Randy Savage sur- survived longer than he should have. But uh, this one clearly was planned, and, and like I said, it is in that way that I think it was just like if people didn't respond well to it, uh, they could back out later and say Brett really won. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the aftermath of this. Um, let's let's go to the Raw the next night. Because uh, yes, folks, it's not just pay per views we're doing. We're doing Raws because they're there to watch <laughs> on the WWE Network. Um, January twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. The next night, I'm gonna play this clip, and Bret Hart's gonna play a big role in this first episode. Um, 
Bret Hart. I mean, how much have you seen of Bret Hart's uh, uh, matches, uh, Marcus? Um, uh, very little. Uh, uh, ashamed to say, very little. Yeah, same with me. I've only seen like the big ones, like him versus Shawn Michaels at a few WrestleManias. Right. But, uh, uh, yeah, I should see more. Uh, I'll say uh, he was always one of my favorite characters to play in in the video games. I <laughs> yeah. liked his like pink outfit. I thought it was super cool. <laughs> but uh, so he but yeah, he much. no yeah me neither. So he has some complaints, some uh, some things he has to say after what happened at the Royal Rumble. And here's what he says. Here's what happens on the Raw the next night. Let's play this clip. Controversy at the Royal Rumble. Wait a minute. We've Wait got minute. Bret Hart. Bret. There's something I gotta say. What they doing out here? Something I gotta say, and there's something I gotta say to you. You know, when I decided to come back to the World Wrestling Federation, you promised me that I would get an opportunity to fight for the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. You put me in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And said that if I could beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, that I would be the number one contender for the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. No way I look at things right now. I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. I've been screwed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've been screwed by the World Wrestling Federation. And I've been screwed by you. It doesn't look like I'm going to get my opportunity for a shot at the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. So I quit. The main point I wanted to uh, uh, make here is, yes, Bret Hart is angry. And who is yep. who is he shouting at? Uh, who's at ringside? It's Vince McMahon. Yes. Yes. Vinny. Vinny. Vinny, the commentator. Um, and again, going back to that point I made earlier, I don't think it was made perfectly clear to people at home. Maybe people in the know. Maybe loyal wrestling fans. I don't think it was made known that Vince McMahon was the owner. And it makes complete sense here that. Bret Hart would kind of like cross that line and like point out and you know say confront Vince McMahon and say how could you do this you know the uh, you're screwing me over hey they'll play into they'll play big later uh, as we'll reveal in this episode um, okay so yeah I just told you the, to watch uh, this clip right and uh, yeah. another, another clip later in the show but uh, talk about this this little confrontation with Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon um uh uh, very good, very uh, uh, fiery, very emotional, uh, believable. I, I, uh, uh, I actually, I'm glad you played that clip because I wrote down that line of "I've been screwed by the boy toy, I've been screwed by Stone Cold, I've been screwed by the WF, and I've been screwed by you." Uh, I thought, I, don't know, I thought that was like a really great line, great moment, uh, good promo. Yeah, and he does quit um, in uh, in this little at the end of this little promo he like i think he walks out and he says i'm done you know screen me over that's it i'm done and who shows up a little bit after that it's stone cold i'm gonna play i'm gonna play that clip here right now you can sit there and bellyache and complain with the best of them son 
Ever since you came back, you ain't done nothing but cry. You sit there and talk about how Vince screwed you, how everybody screwed you, how I screwed you. The bottom line is, son, when the going gets tough, the hearts get going back home. Knock it off. Go back to Canada, son, because the only person you could possibly be is your wrinkle-up old man and his little old basement. As far as Gorilla Monsoon goes, I got a big bunch of bananas, and I can tell you where to stick each and every one of them. You won't meet a face the Undertaker. You can bring his dead ass out here because I threw it over the top rope last night. And I'll do the exact same thing right now. So bring him on out. I got something for him. So that was Stone Cold's response to the whole thing. Uh, again, yeah. Stone Cold just... What's interesting here, uh, Marcus, yeah. is he's in, he is in pure heel mode. Bad guy mode, yes. right? Yeah. Which I don't think he ever fully comes back to. No, but intra- he doesn't say that many different things. Yeah, it's just, yeah. This is basically how the crowd reacts to him is different. Yeah. And who he's saying it about. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump ahead to some storylines you may not know about, but there's points where he Let's say he, it's, he's not uh, the hero. The, you know, he's not the, the face the whole time. This, he's not going to be the face for this full series, okay? But people still love him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. once he becomes Stone Cold, once he becomes the champion, there's not a point where he's not beloved. So it's interesting here where there are people like, into him, but he's still the bad guy. People don't like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting more of like a bad guy uh, reaction. Yeah, like, uh, there you go. Like like uh, like at that uh, King of the Ring. Like I said, he didn't get much reaction whatsoever. But this, he's people are responding to him at least. Yeah. Um, there's another clip I, w- I pointed out here. Oh, Gorilla Monsoon was the commissioner at this point in 1997. So he's in the ring with Vince McMahon to to uh, talk about what happened at the Royal Bumble and the whole Stone Cold controversy. Let's hear what he has to say. What I've done is this, Vince. I've put together a very unique match, a four-man elimination, no disqualification match. What? The winner of which will unquestionably face the World Wrestling Federation champion, whomever it may be, at WrestleMania 13. And those four participants? Those four participants that I have chosen are number one, The Undertaker, who was illegally eliminated in the Royal Rumble by Austin. Number two, Vader, who was also illegally eliminated by Stone Cold in the Royal Rumble. Number three, if he accepts Bret the Hitman Hart. Who was also illegally eliminated by Stone Cold Steve Austin. And of course, the man who got the tainted victory at the Royal Rumble, Stone Cold Steve Austin himself. And the winner of that match, that very unique match, will unquestionably face whomever the reigning champion at WrestleMania 13 is. Thank you very much. Thank you. I don't guess you heard what Bret Hart said, son. You can't have a four-way match because Bret the Hitman Hart just walked out. Right, he quit. It can't happen. He 
better. Before you yank the carpet out from under me, let me ask you one question. Do we have the instant replay rule here in the WWF? No. I no, think yeah, not. Right. He's right. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You sit there and call yourself the gorilla, yet you hee-haw out here like a jackass. Well, can't talk to the president like that. There ain't no way I should be in this match. I threw 29 pieces of trash over the top rope. And if that's what it's going to take, I'll get in your little four-way match myself. The bottom line is, son, when I get through with them four, I'll toss your carcass around the arena. Whoa. He'll do it. He may do it right now. now. Wait a minute, Stone Cold. Now, wait a minute here. Ron Sutton's over 60 years old. Somebody's going to be suspended or fired. Oh, hey, hit me, man. Come on, let's get out of here. Right, we don't need to see this. We're going to break. Let's go to break. All right, so he's actively threatening the commissioner. <laughs> yeah. um, and he gave, uh, gave some good lines there. Right, Marcus? He, yeah, even as a heel, he's anti-authority. Uh, Stone Cold gets in Vince McMahon's face, too. And then, hey, Bret, Hart, Bret the Hitman Hart comes out. He comes back from quitting uh, out from the crowd, and he attacks Stone Cold. Uh, essentially, yeah, uh, Bret the Hitman Hart is back. And what happens? They do the four-way match. But what happens before that, Marcus? Do you know? No. <laughs> okay, let's jump ahead. So I think gr- the next thing you told me to watch was that four-way match. Yeah, exactly. But there's some stuff that happened. I should have added this in. I'll tell you now. It's, it's not pertinent to the Stone Cold plotline. Um, All right. Well, let's get uh, into it. Shawn Michaels. He's the champion at this point. Okay. Oh. Yes. He announces uh, in a very real way that he can no longer wrestle. And he's a champion. So what's going to happen? He he leaves, and he leaves the, the, the championship vacant. So this pretty much messes up the storylines they had going on. Uh, you, hear, you heard Gorilla Monsoon say, the winner of the four-way match will be the number one contender. And now this fatal four way match is, is is going to determine the champion because the championship is vacant. Okay, I was, I was wondering what that was about. Yeah. Um, so yes, so they had to just modify their storylines, and they go, okay, fine, whoever wins this will be the champion. Um, yes, I, I forget exactly why uh, Shawn Michaels left. Well, what what medical reason it was, but uh, but yeah, he had to leave. Uh, and that's where we find the f- the final four. This uh, in your house final four pay per view. Marcus, tell me you didn't watch this whole thing. <laughs> no, no, I, I watched I watched the match. Okay, yes. I watched that final four match, and uh, you know, pretty good. I thought it was pretty yeah, good. Pretty good. So the final four those, match. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is one of those big, uh, crazy, uh, everything's happening at once matches, and I, I like those. Yeah. So we have. Stone Cold, Vader, Undertaker, and Bret Hart. Uh, any other highlights you want to point out from this match, Marcus? Vader got cut up pretty bad. Uh, Stone Cold, th- was this the first time he had the vest with the skull on it? I think uh, it might have been. As researcher for Open Up a Can of Podcast, you think I would know that? But I don't. So This is the first time I noticed him wearing it anyway. Yeah. I made note of it. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, I feel like I said what I want to say. It is a good 
big uh, car crash uh, event. And, oh yeah, and you know what? It um, so the winner of this match is uh, Bret Hart, right? Yeah. And um, th- this is a. I mean, obviously they didn't have the for, for the championship thing planned out in advance, but like ha- having having th- this is a problem I think that even modern day WWE has, or maybe not a problem, but I don't know. But like uh, a thing that they do where like they try to have it both ways a lot. Like they had they had. Uh, Stone Cold win the Royal Rumble, but he did it in a tainted fa- fashion so that at any point they could pull the cord and have uh, the, the person that everybody definitely likes, Bret Hart, uh, be the one to end up with the championship anyway yeah. somehow. Like, it, it, it's just the thing they do often. Yeah, because it, uh, it was obviously, they were obviously setting up um, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Um, like you said, I mean, Stone Cold won, quote-unquote, uh, the rumble, but he was going to lose at this four way match regardless. Right. Um, yeah. And he's the first one eliminated. Stone Cold is out, uh, by Bret Hart. Um, and that's, that's Stone Cold's, uh, run at the championship at this point. I think this is the closest he's ever gotten. Um, and yeah, we were, we were not going to talk about Stone Cold going for the championship again in this episode. Sorry, folks. Um, well, not that championship. Not oh, that's right. Not not the WWF championship. Not the main. Not not the top. Not the, not the top title. No. In the in the in the world. No. Uh, another one for sure. Okay, so that's the four way. Uh, let's go to SummerSlam. We we might not play the clip from this. We'll just talk about it because sure. it's hard to portray just how nasty this uh, this this is uh, through the audio. Uh, yeah audio files through the audio clips. So I just want to point out this is a very real thing that happened. <laughs> yes. Uh, Austin versus Owen Hart uh, at SummerSlam 97. Yes. Uh, I actually did for not... For the Intercontinental Championship. Yes, for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, at this point, Austin... Uh, he's... Wait, is Owen Hart the champion? Yes, Owen Hart the champion, and I think there's an extra stipulation here where if Stone Cold loses, he has to kiss uh, Owen's butt. <laughs> yes, I think a man yeah. missed that fact. <laughs> I didn't have that in my notes, but yes. Um, w- w- what I wanted to hammer down on, though, but is is it's all a very like silly like rivalry. It's not silly rivalry. It's just it's just the run of the mill whatever WWE F, yeah. you know rivalry, right? And then what gets very real is uh, the injury that Austin sustains uh, while fighting Owen Hart. He severely injures his neck. And if you watch this match, once that happens, it's made very clear that Austin is in no shape uh, able to finish the match. He should not. No. He should not have. But no. no. Right. Right. Marcus, talk, talk about your perception of how this match went down. Right, so it's a pretty basic match. Uh, I'll say Stone Cold. Uh, something clearly happened between In Your House and Now. Like Stone Cold got like a huge, huge like fan reaction from this. Like people were cheering for him and stuff. Every sign in the audience was about him. But uh, and the match was going good. I thought it was like pretty good until like three quarters of the way through it. Uh, 
uh, Owen Hart gets uh, Stone Cold into like a pile driver situation. Uh, uh, Steve's uh, head is poked too far through Owen Hart's Owen Hart's legs, I guess. And so when he comes down for the pile driver, he basically takes all of it on his head and neck, and he breaks his neck here right that's what happens it's severe he yeah it doesn't necessarily break it because i think he'd be dead if he broke it (laughs) yeah hurt it a lot (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah i forget he he goes into it in like the behind the scenes stuff but uh yeah he's it's it's bad he he hurts this match or hurts his neck a lot and he still somehow continues doing what little he can do which is um, keep his head very down and kind of move around the mat uh, from the ground position. And like he's still, he manages to stand up at a couple points somehow. Yeah. Um, and so from that point, Owen Hart basically had to do all of the work. And like everybody clearly knew something was happening. Like the referee was checking on him a lot. Owen slowed everything down completely. Um, uh, the 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 announcers seemed pretty worried about it actually. Yeah. Like I'm sure they knew exactly what was going on. Um, and then it had to had to end with like the worst roll up you've ever seen because Stone Cold was supposed to win this match, and yeah. so like, but he could barely freaking move anything. So he like rolls up Owen Hart, and Owen Hart has to just take it, even though uh, he can't really get covered at all. Um, so yeah, it was like, they're really scary, really scary thing to see, I would say. Yeah, I, it was hard watching it, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, what I wanted to point out here was, and this will be important for the remainder of the, of this episode, but yeah, he, he uh, for all that he went through, Austin finished the match and there was a point that he finished the match just for himself as a real person and also his persona and all of that. And, he had to he had to fulfill the storyline so you know you know broken neck or not so yes um okay so that was this match for SummerSlam. and again he's he's very we skipped ahead be like you're saying in the in the months between the final four and SummerSlam, his popularity was rising and it was very important for him to win this match and it felt like he was heading towards the championship run but then this happened uh, and it sent him back a bit um, so we're going to jump ahead to raw in September. Okay. Cause he could, he took kind of a break, obviously for yes. a severe neck injury. Um, so let's talk about this storyline. So yes, at this point it's made clear. It's in the storyline now that he had, was injured, uh, Steve Austin, and so just keep that in mind in this next clip as Austin comes back um, and he's still feuding with Owen Hart. So let's play this clip from September 22nd, 1997. Raw. Here we go. I'm in the finals for the Intercontinental Belt and I want to dedicate this to my loving brother, Brett. Brother, without you I couldn't have done it and all my great fans all around here especially loving ones in Canada. I did it, and I'm going to do you proud. Because I love you. Who's in the cup? Arrest Steve! 
Don't you understand why you're not allowed to compete? You can't get that through your head? Don't you know why? Don't you know that you're not physically able to compete? Your doctors say you're not ready. If you compete, you could injure yourself for good. You could, you could wind up paralyzed. That'd be good. And the WWF is not going to stand by and let you do that to yourself. You know as well as I do that this is what I do for a living. This is all that I do. And can't nobody tell I, I ain't the best in the damn world. Don't even say nothing. Don't say nothing. Sit here and tell me to work within the system. You ain't the one sitting on your ass in the house like I am. But if, it's that, if that's what it takes to make you or the World Wrestling Federation happy, hell, I feel like Cool Hand Luke. I'll work within your stupid little system. That's all these people ask. I appreciate the fact that you and the World Wrestling Federation care. And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Fantastic. There is the first Stunk Cold Stunner Austin gives to Vince McMahon. Uh, yes. Yes. So, uh, Marcus, your thoughts on this moment? Um, great moment. But man, that stunner was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Vince looked so bad while taking it, but he he gets better at it. I will say that. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, it. it uh, you know what I forgot to do? I mentioned this in our DMs. Uh, we should count how many stunners there are in these episodes, and I forgot right. to I forgot to do it for this episode. Yeah, there's uh, one for sure. There was yeah. There was one, <laughs> there was one for sure. <laughs> one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a pivotal moment. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, a toast to that. Um, it's a pivotal moment in this storyline because it's it's still not there yet. It's all still laying the groundwork. Um, but I think they, uh, whoever's in charge of the storylines at this point, they know something's cooking between Stone Cold and McMahon. Um, going back to you know uh, after the rumble, like every time Austin is in McMahon's face, even Bret Hart's is in McMahon's face. They know there's a storyline brewing with McMahon as like a catalyst. Um, but yeah, it's important. Also, yes, the first time uh, Stone Cold gives a stunner to McMahon. Um, okay, let me jump ahead. Okay, so September twenty second, nineteen ninety seven, Raw. That one important, right? Um, yeah. Then in between September and November and Survivor Series, which, yes, we're ending with Survivor Series of 97. If you don't know what that means, get ready. Um, What's more important here leading up to Survivor Series is just where McMahon and Stone Cold is. I think it's important to highlight that November 3rd, 97, the Raw before Survivor Series. Um... McMahon and Austin have the little back and forth that's still there. 
and McMahon is still a commentator at this point. It's it's not necessarily important to highlight what happens in that Raw episode, but it's just important to point out that, yes, McMahon is still kind of the commentator, not really the scene, really, as the the head of the company. He's at the forefront. But that all changes on November 9th of 97. So let's let's just go to the Survivor Series. Okay, Marcus? Let's do it. Survivor Series, 1997. Um, Two things happen. Um, one is uh, Austin, Stoko Steve Austin, faces off finally against Owen Hart once again. Uh, what did you make of this match in particular, Marcus? Um, I thought it was interesting uh, how how much uh, they were uh, putting real life into this storyline. Uh, how he broke his neck like Owen Hart's very clearly proud of that like he's wearing a shirt that says that he broke uh, oh I don't remember exactly what it says but it's the shirt's like I just broke your neck or something like that about Stone Cold and I thought that was really funny like I think that's great to like yeah they're, they're, like clearly they're probably not very proud about it in person but like <laughs> as the character like he's a heel he should he should be proud of it I like that a lot uh, what I like less is how the audience got into it by shouting break his neck <laughs> <laughs> during the match I don't like that chant very much um, there was a choking with a wire like one of the like cables from uh, the camera they don't do that anymore uh, so that's always weird to see something like that like uh, a move that they've, out- they've outlawed since then you know um, Wait, which is insane because I have seen that so many times watching these old episodes. Right. <laughs> these choking, yeah. yeah. I think it was a good match, though. Yeah, uh, Stone Cold wins over Owen Hart, and it becomes the champion. It took him four stunners, I believe. Yeah, correct. <laughs> four stunners. That's weird. Yeah, and it's it's important to to note that this is the second to last. This is the, the the penultimate match in the Survivor Series card. Um, it's just how big. Steve Austin is at this point uh, with his feud with Owen Hart. Um, solid match leading up to the final match of the night. Absolutely. Oh boy. Um, this is it. This is the final thing we'll talk about in this episode. And again, it was kind of hard picking what to what to talk about uh, with these episodes in this episode in particular. I wanted to add this in. This does not have Stone Cold in it. It has okay. It's the Montreal screw job. It's Shawn, Mike, Shawn Michaels versus uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, and the reason why I put it in is because Vince McMahon plays an important role uh, in this in the final moment of this match. Um, Marcus, we I think we talked about this in the last episode. Um, how much of this did you know about? Did you see this before? I forced <clears throat> you to watch this. Okay, no, I've never watched the full match, but I do kind of know basically everything about it because this is one of those like big historical wrestling moments or whatever that is talked about constantly. I've referenced all the time. Um, <clears throat> like there's a whole episode of a this uh, pretty good docu series on Vice called Dark Side of the Ring. There's a whole episode about this, so from that is where I learned a lot of my information. But uh, yeah, it's this very a uh, very uh, iconic uh, moment. Uh, you, even on the WWE Network, when you're scrubbing around, 
they've got little dots placed for like when matches start. And this one, the dot is labeled uh, Montreal screw job. Yeah. So <laughs> I think even they've leaned into it, but uh, yeah, I, I had never seen the, the full match and uh, seeing that was interesting. I think. Yeah. So uh, here in it now, I, I never did get to get to see that episode that you sent over the one you talk about the vice series. Um, I should have, I realize now, but what I did watch, it's also the dip Dibby network. And I may have mentioned this in the last episode, but uh, there's this series, uh, no, not series. There's this, um, documentary where JR Jim Ross interviews, Bret Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels about their rivalry over the years and they spent a good time talking about this the Montreal screw job and I, I'm going to say what I'm going to say Marcus and you back and you either back me up or you say oh no this is this is actually what happened okay because um, we'll, we'll see if like these two things uh, uh, connect so here's the story I know from what they say from what Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart says Vince McMahon um he had the storyline in place where Shawn Michaels was going to uh, he was going to win over Bret Hart at WrestleMania. I think I think that was the plan. And Bret Hart said to Shawn Michaels, "Hey, Bret." No, Bret Hart said to Shawn Michaels, "Hey, Shawn, Shawn. Uh, of course, I'm going to let you win over me." No problem. You're going to be the champion over me. That's fine. And what Sean said in response was, oh, yeah? Well, I'm never going to let you be the champion over me. You know, basically retorting him, saying that's never going to happen on, on, you know, on my watch. I'm never going to, you know, lose to you. <laughs> and Bret Hart's like, oh, I see how it is. <laughs> so Bret Hart's. I think uh, right after that, like, signed to WCW or just made it clear that he was not going to, you know, you, that Survivor Series was going to be his last match or something. I don't know. Like, he, he made it very clear that he was kind of done. And he, at Survivor Series, was not going to lose to Shawn Michaels because of that comment that Shawn Michaels said. Shawn Michaels just was just unpleasant to Bret Hart, and Bret Hart's like, okay, well, I'm not going to let you win at Survivor Series, then I'm going to win at Survivor Series. And so Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon, there's all this infighting, and <laughs> up until that night, no, nobody really knew what was going to happen. I guess Bret Hart was under the assumption that he was going to win, that Vince McMahon was going to let him win, but Vin, then Vince McMahon talked to Shawn Michaels and goes... Sean, you're going to win for sure, and I'm going to see that that's going to happen. Um, okay, so that's leading up to the match. Marcus, like, what do you know that I don't know? Like, what 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 do you know that was happening in the background? No, that, that you said it more or less. Like, yeah, this Bret Hart didn't want to lose to Shawn Michaels, and Sean and uh, Vince, uh, you know, made sure that it happened by talking to the referee and Shawn yeah, Michaels. Like, th- that's a thing, you know. Oh my god! Going over Bret Hart's head. If you have the WWE Network, I recommend you watch this documentary. Or maybe I mean the whole thing is worth it. But if you want to just get into it and watch like the Montreal Screwjob portion, skip to that because man, does Bret Hart have things to say about who was involved? The referee. Um, oh, forget his name. Uh, Earl, Earl, Hefner. Earl Hefner, right? Hefner. Hefner. Uh, Sean, uh, sorry, Bret Hart. Uh, he's kind of like while he's 
talking about it to JR, you know, for this documentary, he's kind of like reeling through his head. He's like, Oh no, there's no, no way that Earl was involved. Like he, like he would have said something. Like he told me before the match started, like I'm on your side, Brett. Oh, and then he was getting emotional. just talking about Earl, the referee mm-hmm. and like, Oh my God. Like, what? Well, yeah. And Oh my God. So, it's uh, they should make a movie about just this night in wrestling because it's insane. Yeah, this what was going on behind the scenes, and who knew what, and you know how it went down. Um, I mean, okay, Matt Marcus, the match itself before the final minute. What did what, you think about the match? Uh, it was good. Uh, like uh, high high energy. Uh, were were they in Canada? They were in Canada. They, they were right? in Can- that, that's a, that's another big deal about this. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, Bret Hart's from Canada. The whole the whole Hart family's from Canada, and Bret wanted to go out on top in Canada. Uh, that's that's a huge factor of why it's it was a screw job in Montreal because he's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but also because, man, if uh, I think it would have maybe flew better if it was in any other place. Probably, it's yeah. not Canada. His I, maybe his hometown, but definitely he's from Canada. So yeah, um, you were saying Marcus? All right, yeah. So absolutely, everybody's behind Brett, and they were uh, with him the entire way. And Sean was like, he wiped his nose with the Canadian flag. Oh, what a dastardly man! <laughs> uh, they were fighting all throughout the arena. Uh, it, it, it was a good match, honestly, up until the uh, ending, which is the thing that makes it uh, cult, cult, uh, culturally important. Um, yeah, so yeah, let's, do you want to get into that? Uh, so here's what happens. This is the moment. Um, we'll see if, I'll see if the audio plays, but it's kind of hard to relay that in the audio. Um, what happens is... Well, Bret Hart has this um, uh, move that is his, right? The sharpshooter, right? Right. Um, what Shawn Michaels does is he puts the sharpshooter on Bret Hart. It's a submission move. Um, and as soon as Shawn Michaels puts the submission hold on Bret Hart, uh, this is what happens. You can play the clip. What is, look at this! Oh, you're kidding me. Are you going to try to beat Bret Hart with a sharpshooter? Yes, he is! Are you kidding me? It's quick, and then after that, like it's thirty more seconds of the pay per view, and it's over. Um, and vision- like Brett gets up right away. <sighs> it's, uh, yeah, let's. I'm going to describe a detail, kind of what happens. So, Shawn Michaels in he puts the sharpshooter on Bret Hart. Right, it's it's a position where you tap out. Right, uh, I mean, or you kind of go to the rope, break the hold, whatever. He does it. 
Bret Hart clearly does not tap out. He's there for like five seconds. And the referee uh, calls for the bell out of nowhere. And the, the bell rings and that's it. The announcer says Shawn Michaels is the champion. Uh, it's quick. The audience clearly sees this as bullshit. They're angry. They start throwing stuff in the ring. The camera. Um, <laughs> you, you only see this in like the in like the documentaries and the behind the scenes stuff. But the camera quickly cuts away from Vince McMahon giving the championship belt to Shawn Michaels. Uh, Vince McMahon was at ringside the whole time. Um, yeah, and then the uh, yeah, then the camera cuts away also from Bret Hart spitting in Vince McMahon's face. Yeah, and yelling at him. I think they also cut away from uh, Brett Michaels doing the WCW hand signal to the audience. Brett Hart. Brett Hart, sorry. Um, they cut away from Brett Hart doing the WCW. Yeah, yeah. He was like spelling it out in the air with his fingers or whatever. Yeah. Um, to the camera. And they cut that out of the. Like, that was something that was in the original broadcast that they cut out on the network. It's not there anymore. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you see it in the documentaries and you see it in the retrospectives, but, uh, boy, it, it was a screw job. They screwed Bret Hart over. And thus Vince McMahon becomes not just a commentator, not just a sideline, not just a goofy, you know, character. He becomes a full on villain. <laughs> yes. Um, that's it. Uh, Marcus, I mean, this journey we've gone through these full two hours now, uh, your thoughts on where we are now? I'm interested to see more. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, stuff's happened, but stuff uh, even bigger stuff is to come. I know that. So Stone Cold is the he's the champion, the Intercontinental Champion. Yes, but forget about that, Marcus. Uh, because he's 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 a uh, he's. I think the road to WrestleMania starts early. He's on his way to become the champion. Spoiler alert. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And this, this all feels like, not that this isn't substantive, but like, it, it feels like groundwork. It feels like, uh, this is where he started. And, uh, pretty soon he's going to ramp up to being, uh, what, you know, him as. Yeah. And yeah, but, uh, I'm glad, uh, we went through this, uh, glad we went through these matches because the real, stuff starts in the next episode. Um, especially with Vince McMahon and his persona clashing with Stone Cold. I just want to make clear, Marcus, I mean, Vince McMahon start off as like a goofy commentator, but man, does he become full-fledged evil? Really? Uh, by the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in real life as well. <laughs> in real life, he's just as evil, folks. Don't, uh... No, I mean, to tease the next episode, yeah, even in the next episode, and maybe even episode three more so. He really it's like he's it's easy for him to become the bad guy. Like too easy. Um I don't know what that says about him as a person. Uh I mean right now he's endangering a hundred thousand people in Florida with WrestleMania as we <laughs> yes. speak. But uh more on that later. Um all right, Marcus, that's it. That's episode one of Open Up a Can of Podcast. Uh we don't have a final uh, log offline catchphrase. No, uh, I don't have another can I can crack. Unfortunately, uh, I actually do have a can. 
I, I teased about opening up another uh, can, the Stone Cold IPA, but I'm going to save it. I'll save it. Okay. I don't, I don't yes. want to open it up. Yes, that, that is still to come. <laughs> you can hear that, hear that on the next episode. Hey, did I say it was this episode? Yes. Okay. Um. No, 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 no. We lied to you. We are the heels. We're, we're your heels. You're the ba- You're yes. the face, folks. We're the heels. You got to get what you want. Yeah. Uh, so with that, folks, uh, we're marking the marks and marking the marks says, hold on. What was it? Okay. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, marking the marks. Three sixteen says that was a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs>